Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is another episode in my semicolon life. I do want to start off by saying um, it has been a hot minute since I've done my last episode. So I apologize for uh, for taking so long to, to create another episode. Uh, this morning, I am on my way to uh, get some allergy shots done. It's, it's uh, not exciting, but I tell you what, I've had some pretty severe allergies my whole life, and so I finally, after a while, decided to do that. So that's just kind of what's going on this morning. So I want to start off by uh, reading off some points that I want to focus on today, just a few. <clears throat> Something that, a few things that have been on my mind and something, some things that really kind of need uh, some attention. So about a couple weeks ago, I was with a couple, well, I was with a friend of mine um, and we'll call this friend George. Um, I want to be careful with not sharing actual names of people in my life just because I don't want to cause any sort of riff between, you know, in relationships. So my friend George and I, we were together one evening and, um, we were having a conversation about, you know, lives and our lives and uh, situations that we're dealing with, different different things. And another friend of ours came up in our conversation, and this person, uh, we'll call them, hmm, we'll call them Tim. So if you're George and Tim, a friend of mine, this is not you, just names that I'm using. Uh, so George and I were talking and Tim came up in our conversation and Tim's been dealing with uh, just heavy stuff in, in his life and uh, he's kind of a, a private person and so he doesn't share too much of what he's dealing with but both George and I have noticed that Tim has been more withdrawn in in socializing and um, not really wanting to open up too much. And I can respect that. I mean, if no one wants to share what they're dealing with, then that's their, that's their prerogative. And I'm the type of person where I can see or feel or even discern um, when someone close to me um, or just feelings in general, I'm, I'm a, a empathic type of person and I don't want to be the one to, to push Tim to to open up but enough to let him know that I'm there for him anyways so this first kind of thing on my agenda is is talking about when a person says I feel sorry for him I feel sorry for her and it's more of a flippant comment 
than actual feeling behind it. It's more of a, a an obligatory kind of statement. I feel sorry. I feel, and there's no feeling behind that. It's a phrase that people say just to make themselves feel better, I guess. So that's where I'm getting at with the story is George and I were talking about our friend Tim and have noticed that he's been withdrawn and socializing and what what have you. Anyways, as we're talking about, about him, which, you know, having a conversation about other people when they're not present is, is hard for me because that person isn't there to defend themselves. Um, but it's natural, human nature, to, to converse about other people, which kind of is not my thing. So when that does come up, I tend to not skirt around the issue or skirt around talking about another person, but I'm more of um, speaking for them as if they were there, like, defending. I don't know. Maybe that's bad, too. But how I view it is just, like, this person's not here to defend themselves. I'll be, like, their advocate for them. Anyways, so getting to the point... We're talking about our friend and George is like well I don't know what's going on I can I can tell that something's going on he's more reserved um, but I feel sorry for him and that you know we're all pretty close um, and we all have been friends for several years and when George said it like that, his tone was not not even sympathetic. It was just, it was, there's nothing behind it. And I looked at him and I gave him that look as if to say, one, why would you say something like that? And, and two, why... Why not put any sort of emotion behind it? Like, wow, I, f- I feel for him. I feel for him, for what he's going through. And if you don't know what the person's going through, like, George didn't really understand what Tim was going through. He could have worded that, that differently. He could have said, wow, I, f- I feel for him. I don't know what's going on, and I don't quite comprehend his situation or his experience but I feel for him but saying I feel sorry is like saying well too bad deal with it figure it out on your own kind of thing and that's how I interpreted what he said in our conversation so I kind of left it there because having a not only you know being close friends with Tim but also having a a school counselor lens or a counselor lens in general of getting or even sitting down with with Tim and ask and and say hey you know I want to say this I want to say I'm here for you I 
I want to know how what I can do for you or how I can help and not forcing it but being uh, giving Tim that space like that safe place to know that he can open up and not pushing it and you know I've I received a degree in school of counseling and human services a couple years ago but going through school has really helped me amplify my empathic abilities um, being able to like I said discern feeling and discern uh, somebody who has something on their mind or on their heart and say I, I can feel or I notice that you're experiencing something and I want I want to give you that place for you like to open up so that's the first thing is just is when you know somebody is dealing with something go to them don't skirt around it but don't also push there was a term that we used in my grad program that I find actually very uh, useful I guess you can say <coughs> excuse me <coughs> I had a professor or a few professors that when you know someone wants to say something or someone's experiencing something or somebody who monopolizes because it makes them feel better in a situation I had a professor who called it carefrontation instead of confrontation because when you think confrontational you it's it's heavy and negative and uh, despite a person's feelings who you know doesn't want to be confronted um, they may resist and push back but my professor called it carefrontation you care deeply about somebody where you know that they are in a weird place and they don't know how to express it express your care and talk to them and not make it awkward just even sitting with somebody is efficient because that lets the person know that you're there even if they don't want to talk so that's that's the first thing and I know it's kind of a little long-winded um, but sit down and think of your own life or think of somebody that you know and that you care deeply about who may be going through something hard and doesn't know how to word it let them know that you're a safe place for them and let them just be with them and not force not push because that's not effective so that's that's that portion of, of my episode this morning um, my next my next portion uh, it, it plays off of, of my, my first part of it um, mental health awareness 
we know there are a lot of resources and uh, a lot of um, how would I say it? Like a, a lot of different avenues for mental health awareness and issues and conversations we should be having those conversations about mental health we should have conversations about suicide awareness uh, those types of things and kind of going off of my story about George and Tim people you know or have a close relationships with that may be dealing with mental health issues be there again be there for them and help them advocate for themselves um so i'm not gonna i don't know if it's against policies or anything but um so i'm not gonna like name the company i work for uh i mean on my social media on my instagram and facebook i shared that i started working for this company at the end of august um but in this case I don't want to name drop. So, um, it was about a month ago, today actually, I believe. Yeah, today. I was, so where I work, I started in this department called count, or ICQA. So it's, it involves in counting product, picking product, uh, making sure the floor that we're on is safe to work on and, and what have you. And an opportunity came about a week and a half before this this moment where we were able to transfer to a different department and learn different responsibilities, different skills, different uh, different portion of the of the company. And I was like, great, this is this is gonna be a great opportunity to to learn something different and kind of have a different pace um, so I transferred over and of course I'm not a seer I can't foresee the future so I'm in this position for a couple weeks and the longer we're there uh, our there are several managers in this area uh, the closer it gets to a, a busy season our peak season we have to be quicker on and how we stow items into the different pods so our goal at first was about 15 seconds per item to stow to put away in a in a pocket or a bin and that doesn't seem like anything crazy i mean it depends on the size of product you get, the size of the unit, and the size of the pod, and if you can't match it, then there's, it's, it's possible to stow something that quickly. Well then, we each, you know, the next week, the goal was 12 seconds, or 12.5 seconds. Again, that doesn't seem crazy, but it was. And our ultimate goal was finally to get down to eight seconds. And right now, I'm experiencing anxiety talking about about it because when we had stand-up meetings and our managers, our area managers, would say, this is our rate, this is our goal, you have to meet it by the end of the week. 
And if you can't, then you could possibly be terminated. And that was so scary to me, so frustrating to me, because I'm the kind of person who gets super anxious and I hyper-focus on everything. And for about nine hours a day, I'm thinking about this and stewing and hyper-focusing on it, and it is causing fear almost. And so about a month ago today, I'm at my location and I feel I was after my first lunch break and I feel my heart rate is up and I'm sweating and I feel like I'm gonna like throw up and pass out at the same time and I'm like what is going on? So I tell my area manager we go to like a little Instacare at work and she asked me if I had eaten and I said yes I've eaten I don't think like I don't think I'm having a, a low blood sugar or anything. So I couldn't for the life of me figure it out after about 40 minutes or about half an hour of sitting in this little Amcare or doctor's office. Um, I went back to my station and I was like, I don't know what's going on. But as I'm getting back, I seriously have to book into the restroom or I'm gonna lose my lunch. And so I stayed for a little bit longer and ended up going home early, still unsure of what I was experiencing. And sure enough, I get home and I'm laying in bed and I was like, oh my gosh, I just had the biggest anxiety attack. And I had I did not recognize it. And you think I can only speak for myself, but someone who has prone anxiety attacks can like feel the trigger or feel like know right away what it is. I can attest to you, I didn't recognize it. So I'm trying to like figure out what to do. I go to work the next week. Um, my first two days of the week, because I start in midweek, the whole day I've had this anxiety sensation throughout my body, tingling, numbness, uh, those types of things. Um, and so, Friday, I, well, Thursday, so this was a couple days later, I wanted to like advocate for myself and then express what I was experiencing. And I, I tried to advocate for myself and explain that. And the person I spoke with would not give me the time of day to tell them what was going on. And so I was super frustrated. I, I was anxious, I was upset, I didn't know what to do. And so I was like, fine, like, I'll figure it out. So, right after our second lunch, we have to come back to our team and have like another afternoon meeting before we finished out our day. And I was, uh, my previous manager was there and she asked me like how I like my new area and what's going, you know, just tell me about it. So I did, I felt safe with her. She gave me that place to express what I was going through. And I, I respectfully and not take up a lot of time, gave her a pretty decent portion of what I was going through. 
and how that made me feel. And so she encouraged me to take that step and to go talk to HR about it. I, wa- I love my job. I love my work. I love the experience, both in my first area and my second area. Like, it's given me additional uh, skills. But one was not for me. And I went to HR, and luckily the person I spoke with, I opened up, I said, this is what I have. I have anxiety, depression. Like, this is what I'm experiencing. And it was uh, a tender mercy I received. Because the person I spoke with opened up to me and was able to relate to my situation. And I was so ever grateful about it. I went back to the little Instacare office uh, because I was having an anxiety attack just telling the person what was going on. And they took they they took me down there and I or I know I went down there myself. Um, anyways I talked with uh, they have EMTs EMTs in this office and I opened up to one of them. I felt safe. And the difficult thing about like work in any type of work you have, like where I'm at, they have certificates of fitness, but for physical fitness. Like if you have a physical, if you physically cannot do your job, but you still are capable, then you take this certificate of fitness to your doctor and they uh, fill it out so you can get restrictions or accommodations. Well, they don't have anything for mental health issues. Um, They have a certificate of fitness. So when you break it down of what you're going through mentally and emotionally, it's still like it doesn't uh, translate over to anything else. Because I don't need any accommodations or any type of restriction at work with my emotional and mental things that I'm dealing with, but enough to trigger anxiety attacks. And and so I, you know, I'm not gonna give you like the boring part of it, but like I went, I did my thing. I am actually reading a book. I keep forgetting it, like the name and author but it talks about like if you want change in your life you have to take 100% responsibility to make that change and I was like boom I feel uplifted I feel edified after reading that I feel like I want to take control of my life and my work environment and situation to where I could be successful and and work for a company that will give me opportunities to grow and so I did I went and I took care of it and it was a process because I went back to hand it in, turn it in to human resources and all that, what have you. And one person looked at me and I explained the situation and this person was the complete opposite of the other guy in human resources. And I told them what I was going through. She's like, oh, I have anxiety too. And I was like, BS, like I'm getting really frustrated now because this person was was unhelpful. She was unhelpful. And her way of relating was nowhere near comforting or validating. 
And so I left extremely frustrated because they said, oh, this place, it's new to mental health awareness. Um, mm, I don't think so. Maybe, I don't know, but I feel like the workplace should also be a safe place to work. If you physically, emotionally, mentally, like you should be able to feel comfortable in your environment at work. And if you don't and you feel like it needs to change, change it because if you feel capable and able-bodied to work in a place where you love to work and you enjoy being there, but you feel things need to be empowered, I hope this is an empowering message, and take the steps that you need to make yourself feel comfortable where you work, where you live, uh, the people that you're around, advocate for yourself. I'm only one person, and I know this is my life, but I did. I took that step, and I said, this is not okay. Like, I want to work here because I enjoy working here, and I know I can grow and develop in this career. Like, I want to make a career out of it. And so, things, ch- I you know, it's not like they were small changes, but enough to help me feel validated and feel appreciated and feel confident in what I'm doing in my job and where I work. So those are my two things. I know it's kind of a lot and I'm a little long-winded and like getting a little crazy about it because that's how I feel. I feel pretty passionate about this. Um, so Thank you for listening and thank you for being patient if you waited for another episode. If not, and you're new to this podcast, um, I will be better at uh, making it more of a thing to update my podcast, my episodes. But I appreciate it and I hope you're able to take away something from this that is helpful and gives you that, that drive to make a change wherever and whenever you need to make a change. Also, if it's you or someone you know that needs that safe place, find it. Find where you need to go to feel safe and to feel confident and comfortable with opening up to somebody or um, or yourself. Like You have to be that way with yourself too. So I appreciate you listening and I appreciate you taking the time today for this. Um, so thank you. And I hope you have a lovely Monday morning.